Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Did you get a chance this morning to watch the comments from the president? Um, some interesting things that were said tied into the beef market, tied into crops in general. So the question is, did the comments of this morning have an effect in what we saw the rest of the trading day in the days to come? From a global perspective, what does this mean? We already know that there's some backlash from other countries against China. Is that going to make things blow up even more? Well, we're going to dig into all of this and how it's affecting your pocketbook as Darren Fessler joins us today with Lakefront Futures. And, and Darren, I didn't know how at times, as, as you watch the president speak, I mean, he was trying to talk directly to farmers, but there were some flags that were popping up as he was speaking. Yeah, there. It's uh, when you start rolling out new programs, and it's it, it creates a really uh, a confusing scenario among producers. What, what they are going to get, what they're not going to get, how do these programs, when do we get the money, how do we get really the programs rolled out, who do we contact? Uh, and he, I had some cattle producers contact me. Well, how much cattle payments am I getting? And I literally screenshotted what they said because it's 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 really confusing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, there's just things that that are going to be said today that was it's going to confuse a lot of people. So I would just recommend <laughs> contacting the FSA office because it's uh, who knows where this is going to go. Uh, I've granted. Uh, I don't know if this is economically the 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 best way of going and doing about things because like even on the corn side of things uh from my understanding it's what if you had corn in the bin okay you're going to get some money now what if you didn't have bins what if you sold 100 percent of it before the first year or that january 15th cutoff are you going to get any type of payments all big question i think the government still has to answer so did it have any effect on the way the markets traded the rest of the day you know, following the announcement, if you watch some of the spreads in corn, they all started weakening along with the actual futures itself. I mean, corn continues on the July board, continues to find resistance on a closing basis at that 20-day exponential moving average. Let's call it 322. You have a weekly close of 323 that you have to get back above or the bulls will, or the bears will remain firmly in control of this market. Obviously, the 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 fundamental picture is there to back the story. And yes, maybe we're getting way too much rain across Illinois. I thought maybe Ohio was, uh, you know, not necessarily going to plant as much corn as they did this last week, and they certainly did. And now they're eight percent above average. I think the really the big concern across the entire corn growing belt is North Dakota, which we've talked about this a lot. There's going to be a tremendous amount of PP there. So I look at the landscape here today. I look at how we traded. It's not all that encouraging right now. I think we're just going to have to wait for a, a potentially another weather system to develop. Now, if if the next two-week forecast, if that does materialize and we do get quite a bit of heavy rain across certain areas, maybe that sparks the market's attention. I just don't think today's announcement and the way we traded, you know, finished the session, I don't think it was really indicative of all that encouragement out there, especially if I look over at the beans where I've been on this bean camp where I think these beans could have some momentum higher. They just they're not seeing it. You know, it is amazing as you look at the Western Corn Belt and we've got a lot of dry weather concerns. I was just talking to a, a wheat guy out of Kansas and he was talking about how extremely dry it is in spots for this winter wheat crop. And you look at how fast we've got corn in the ground. Now the focus has been switched to the beans, but you get to the Eastern Corn Belt and they're looking for floaties at this point. It, it really is the case. I, you know, it, the thing is a lot different from 19 is 
at this point, we didn't even have hardly any corn in the ground. And so now where you look at Indiana, you look at Illinois, you look at Ohio, and some of these, even Iowa, Iowa is not too much of a concern, but uh, they had a lot of corn in the ground already. Yes, they've had a lot of rain, and yes, there's areas of those fields that are really flooded out, look like a lake set right now, but there's just going to be replant. It's not going to flood out the entire field in many circumstances. So I think the market's looking at that perspective and saying, okay, this is nothing like what it was last year, although some probably producers out there would probably disagree with me. I don't think the situation is anywhere close to last year. And I think really because of the backdrop of the fundamental situation, uh, corn's really not having a whole lot of uh, positive you know, movements higher here above some of these resistance levels, even though you look over at ethanol or uh, the crude oil markets. We've had really nice gains here over the last couple of weeks. It, it's just not following suit here with the corn, and, and I think that if you look at where the the moving averages are on all this corn, they continue to come on down. So that's a little bit discouraging as we move forward here because some of these, like the 50 day, the 100 day, we haven't been above there or even tested them in quite some months almost January. So I think if we do get a rally, these rallies may not last all that long without sustainable fundamental story starting to build. Is the ethanol market starting to see maybe some stabilization? Uh, it's starting to see some stabilization, yes, but that's so, partly because we're starting to get some parts of the economy uh, back open and going again. And I think you're probably going to see some more stabilization in that in the months ahead. Uh, I think the bigger question of that is, of the corn we did not use for this ethanol, how much drag is that going to have on either the remaining old crop supplies that we have or even the new crop balance sheet? I think that's really the question the market's still trying to get its uh, handle on. Uh, you know, the you know you look at back in the uh, prospective plantings here, you know, we're all going to plant, you know, call it $97 million. I don't think that that figure is going to hold at the end of the day. Uh, I think that that figure does definitely gets revised lower, but it's, we're not going to be five or six million revised lower. I think we're probably somewhere in that ballpark of ninety-five to ninety-five and a half right now. All right, well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue to take a look at the happenings of the grains and talk a little bit about what's been going on in the soybeans. Some chitter chatter I've heard out of the ports in South America, and then we'll talk about China and what's going on there as we then bleed over into the livestock side. A lot more is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation with Darren Fessler, we saw some some negative numbers happening on the soybean market. And Darren, I've heard some rumblings out of South America that they've got some virus concerns. Um, that's causing some issues at the ports. Is that going to cause for some issues to get this new crop out of the out of Brazil? It could. It could. It, now, now they've been having some issues at some of the ports with the virus, but I think it's it's more of an issue right now is how low is some of the Brazilian stocks getting from from a stockpile standpoint? Uh, because China, it, they are buying a lot of Brazilian beans at the moment here. Now, I think probably because some of the lack of movement in the bean market, it's probably contributed to some aspects of 
okay, we are getting to the back half of May now in some of these areas that may have some potential problems with the rain and may not have been planted, do some of that acres move back to beans? So I think that aspect of the potential increase in bean acres and probably because of the aspect of what's going on in North Dakota. Now, North Dakota was expected to plant north of or right around, I should say, around 3.7 million acres of corn. Now, I, I don't personally think they're going to get two and a half million. In. So I think a big chunk of that is either going to the spring wheat market or potentially the bean market. And I think that's probably why you're seeing beans have a little bit of a struggle here, even though if you throw some weather at it, if, if China does come back to the U.S. market because of the low supplies in Brazil, we could see some pretty pretty significant rallies in the beans if everything were to align. But right now, I think it's one, the potential of more acres, and one, you're getting up to some resistance levels again, kind of more or less in a channel on these beans that are just kind of giving this market a little bit of a fit. Well, speaking of China, they've had some um, interesting happenings as of late, maybe some retaliation uh, of some sort going on. We knew that yesterday, Australia and their whole tariff situation. Are we seeing other countries start to stand up to China to say, hey, it all kind of started in your backyard with COVID. Now we're going to lock up our doors to you. Yeah, I think you're starting to see that around the world. I mean, the big one, it hasn't really got a whole lot of U.S. attention yet, but it's definitely been, you know, it's been going on for a few weeks now uh, with Australia and China. So I think as as the world collectively as a whole, they're kind of starting to turn their backs a little bit against China. And my personal belief is I hope that that continues on and maybe change some of China's ways a little bit and bring bring more of a level playing field uh, to the world markets from a trade standpoint uh, because obviously what's been going on here uh, and not playing by the same rules is I think really impacting the world trade market. Jump over to what we're seeing on the livestock side of the trade, this cattle market, a mixed market, not a lot of excitement going on there. No, no, very, very quiet trade today. I think if you look at the August feeders, we continue to hold that the 20-day exponential moving average. I think that that still, as long as that average continues to hold, I think it, the trend right now is probably still intact here for the bulls. But keep in mind, uh, you start breaking below there, you could start see a little bit of an air pocket down there for the for the bears. But you look over at the August fat market, we continue to hold the 20-day as well. We still have a gap down there at 95.45. But again, if you look at the capacity slaughter here and how much cattle has been backed up here, gives me a little bit of unease as we as we move forward here because we still got a lot of critters out there that haven't necessarily been through the system yet. And so that could put a little bit of pressure on the bulls here. But right now, I still think that, you know, given where we've come from the lowest here, I still think that you need to get a little bit of hedge protection on there. Although I'm not all that bearish cattle at this point here, I think you should be a little bit cautious. And another drop in the box beef again. Yeah, another drop there. I mean, this is not too surprising. To we, we've had a very, very good run up here. It's come off just a little bit here. The problem with the box beef right now, the AM report only showed about 61 loads. I'd like to see those load numbers are quite a bit higher than they currently are right now. What are your thoughts on, on the hogs? I mean, we continue to see a downtrend for them as well. Yeah, I, I think hogs, we're still up a fair bit. Um uh, from the recent lows here, if you look at the July contract, we broke below the 20-day 
20 day. So that that trend is still intact here for the bears. I think you got to get back above this call it 59.50 the 60 dollar mark here uh, or again I think that trend is lower probably closer to that 50 dollar mark. All right, what do you want folks to think of as the week continues that they need to keep an eye on? I think most importantly is on the July corn you got to get a weekly close above 323. You can't do that. The bears remain firmly in control of this market. And even on all of the beans, whether it's July or November beans, watch the 50-day moving average. They continue to act as resistance. All right. Sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? They can reach me directly at 402-366-0423, or they can check us out on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, all of them above. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Darren Fessler, joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss. They're not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all their local dealers. Check it out as a podcast by going to ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe for your favorite podcast and on Spotify as well. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.